0: You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network.
1: I wish I would have recorded her watching it, because every once in a while she just screams out like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) What is going on?
0: Yeah, for something that was like marketed towards children wasn't it like i remember being about the age yeah well it purports to be and it's about
1: it's about electroshock therapy like (laughs) the first 20 minutes is a horror movie it is filmed like a horror movie and then they're like now we're in oz and it's like this happy ragtime music and then they're like don't step in the sand or you'll turn to sand and die (laughs) oh no here come the wheelers oh no here's this woman who takes off her head and then it's like like the Scott Joplin backing music, like, all this <laughs> yes. horrible stuff. And we're like, it just adds to the on?
0: creepiness. Yeah, it was it's like Five it was Nights something. at Freddy's. Yeah, mm, it was. God. It
1: was really just. Well, I I, I was worried we we like because the whole idea is like let's get movies that are so like they're supposed to be kid movies but they're and I'm like did we like blow our wad like it's too early with this one? Is <laughs> you can no way to top that. Up. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, when Feruza Balk is your uh, heroine, right? Like she's the lead yeah. star. You're already starting at, like, sub-zero territory. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's,
1: like, a 12-year-old adorable little girl in this movie. This is, like, the most adorable Farouza Balk ever was. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, right. And it's, it's like, she, when you say Farouza Balk is the most adorable thing in your movie... Like that's setting the bar so high. It's a low bar. It's a high bar for like that's the most adorable thing. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. The the girl who would go on to play a witch and a white supremacist. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: that, oh yeah, she from was in American that, History like, X. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I
1: just remember her being Adam Sandler's girlfriend, and her being like, "Do you want me to kill this guy?" Like she's holding up a sign in a window. Right? Wait, what? She he's taken. It's in the Water Boy. Oh. And he's oh, like yes. taking a test and she's like, Do you want me to kill? She's like his <laughs> homicidal girlfriend.
0: I forgot she was in that too. Yeah. wow oh, What a what a fucked up career. And it all wow. started, see, had she not taken the lead role in return to us, mm, we would yeah. never have the Feruza bulk we know today. So <laughs> do we
2: have them to thank for that or do we have them to blame for that? Her
0: her therapist has them to think, I think. Mm-hmm. Hey man, yeah, I, dig her, I dig her I yeah. dig career.
1: It's a cool it's a cool trajectory, <laughs> but there's definitely a. it's it's interesting to watch trauma at the source like, yes. like oh i just watched years of therapy be born in this
0: <laughs> <movie."> <laughs> kind of voyeuristic when you put it that way yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and those are the kinds of things you're gonna hear on uh, ryan jenkins podcast uh what is it called the disney princess diaries
1: tara and ryan's princess diaries tara and ryan's and princess, and princess, princess
0: diaries that he diaries. co-hosts with his wife and uh yeah every week you guys delve into another disney property it's not always movies sometimes you get into uh, like the cartoons right
1: uh, that's the plan. Right now it's only ever been the movies and ah. the live action stuff, but we wanna do the Disney afternoon stuff. We're trying to ah. we're actually planning on doing one where it's all the video games because my wife loves the Aladdin video game, the Lion King video game, all, all those Super Nintendo nice. games.
0: <laughs> yeah, save that for a future uh, crossover episode with uh, this podcast. Absolutely. And this podcast is mm-hmm. the 16-Bit Gladiators right here on the Next Wave Radio Network. Uh, I'm your co-host, as always, Joel, and I am joined once again by my right-hand man, Jay Gunn. How are you? Good, good. How are you? And I've already kind of pre-announced him and pre-plugged his mm-hmm. podcast, but uh, we'll talk more about that. Uh, prolific podcaster in his own rights, Ryan Jenkins. Hello, Ryan.
1: <laughs> uh Quantity over quality, I believe, yes. I've done a few podcasts, but uh, hello everyone.
0: If uh, you were a a subscriber to this, but also our uh, now defunct movie podcast, The Editing Bay, you'll uh, probably recognize Ryan from uh, such memorable episodes as X-Men The Last Stand. Um, what are some of the other ones you were on? You've been on a few. Uh,
1: I think I, so I suggested Ernest Scared Stupid, which made me very happy you guys did that one. Mm -hmm. And I returned to accept, to humbly accept my award for the best recast (laughs) in which I did X-Men Last Stand, uh, but only using 90s sitcom Which was (laughs) fucking
0: perfect. Uh, and also tied in nicely with your other podcast, uh, the Craniacs. Is it the Craniacs or just Craniacs? I always forget. It's
1: just, it's just Craniacs, but either way is fine. Um, yeah, that's a uh, Fraser watch-along podcast that I do with my friend Laurel from college, um, yeah. where we sometimes talk about Frasier, but mostly talk about whatever is <laughs> going on in our lives. So,
0: Oh, you also did a Christmas episode podcast, didn't you? Where we're talking that about Christmas Laurel movies. Oh, my bad. Movie. All right, I'll cut that part out.
1: But that's fine. No, that's fine.
0: <laughs> cut it out, Jeff. You guys are so uh, inse- inseparable. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Yeah. no, I love, uh, your, 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 I say new podcast, but you've been doing it for what over a year now. I feel like a little
1: over a year since, since I feel like, uh, we got, we got ahead in that when the pandemic started, we immediately went, let's start a podcast. And I feel like about halfway through everybody I know started a new one. Sure. (laughs) What else Um,
0: are we going to do? I know
1: exactly. I feel like zoom calls like lend themselves very well to this medium. So that's kind of why a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, related. it really
0: does. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm happy to uh never see you again in person. Oh, we can just do this uh remotely <laughs> for the rest of our lives. So I don't need human contact. I got my wife there.
1: Have you guys found that like we when we started the whole thing we we were like oh my god we're never gonna get to see people again let's do Zoom happy hours and then the ones we did were with people I hadn't seen in years yes mm-hmm. so it was like it wasn't like the people who were close to me it was all like oh man I can't believe how much this pandemic is gonna change things I'm like I haven't seen you in two years in person so. <laughs> sure yeah so yeah. where
0: can uh, people subscribe to and find said podcasts Ryan
1: oh. So again, it's either Craniacs, uh, if you like Frazier or Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries, if you like Disney stuff. Um and we're uh pretty much everywhere, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, all that. You know, if you if you if you can get a podcast somewhere, we're probably on it. And if not, uh search for either of those names on Facebook and you can join yes. in one of our groups and let us know that you're not seeing us somewhere.
0: Yeah. Oh, excellent. Do quite a bit of posting. We could uh, learn a little bit from you on this here podcast. Uh, well,
1: yeah. While I'm editing, I look up YouTube videos of the things that are coming in, and I just schedule them and whatever. So Smart. I, I think I do a little more editing than than other than you guys. I gotta be. I gotta say, I'm excited to be on a podcast where I can say fuck because <laughs> oh, we yes. don't do that on our Disney podcast.
0: Well, uh, you're in for a fucking treat because I can't go yeah, thirty seconds. Without dropping an F-bomb on this year's podcast, which I'm not sure if I've said the name of. It's the 16-Bit Gladiators. Uh, As long as we're plugging where to find us, you can find us uh, on our website, 16bitgladiators.com. We have links to our social networks, uh, our Facebook page, as always, and, of course, uh, on Twitter. If you want to follow us on Twitter, engage with us there. You can uh, follow us at 16bitgladiators. Uh, And, yeah, this is our video game-themed podcast. It's going to be Jay and Ryan and I this week. And uh, because Ryan is our special guest... Um, it's actually works out really well because, uh, you are actually an employee employed in the video game industry. Is that correct? I am.
1: Uh, I have been a designer in the industry for since about 2007, um, went to, uh, the guild hall at SMU for grad school for it and then went to, uh, started off at uh, volition in Champaign, Illinois, uh, So nice. I've kind of moved around to different companies. I've worked at Volition in Champaign. I've worked at Bethesda in Rockville. Mm. Uh, I worked uh, at in BioWare here in Austin, and now I'm at a, a, a smaller independent company called Certain Affinity in Austin. Nice. As well, Can you nice. talk a little
0: bit about yeah. what you do, or are you uh, sworn to secrecy?
1: Well, I mean, I can tell you what I've done in the past. Uh, the current project I'm on at, at Certain Affinity, we do some of our own stuff, and we also do some um, – contracting out to other companies uh they've worked on halo uh call of duty um i'm trying to get other stuff because sometimes the weird thing about contracts is sometimes they're like yeah we don't don't tell anyone you've worked on this and sometimes (laughs) it's like yeah go right ahead so i'm trying to remember which ones i can say and not but those two are big enough to to work with (laughs) um you know but in the past uh i'm a designer myself so i started off as a level designer i've done a lot of uh, design of specific dungeons in like uh, Skyrim and Fallout Four. I did a lot of mission design nice. in Red Faction Guerrilla, which is uh, what I worked on first at uh, um, Volition. I did some more mission design on Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem, Dude. and then have been doing stuff at uh, Certain Affinity uh, that has not has has not the things I have done has not come out yet. Mm. Uh, we'll see what happens, but so there's some, you know, I I can't say what I'm working on there. Metroid but it's, Prime it's Four. Mission.
2: I'm reading you loud. Yes. Play, buddy. Yes. <laughs> we can that's read between retro. the lines. That's,
1: that's, that's around here. But what you might notice is the, the, the key thing there is those are all open world games that I've worked on for the most mm-hmm. part. Yes. So and that's kind of
0: why. When No, it's perfect. When I was uh, reaching <laughs> out to you to get you on this podcast, uh, it was for another topic entirely. And uh, schedules didn't quite work out, but uh, I knew we were going to get you in somewhere. And it was actually you who suggested, hey, uh, how about open world games? Because uh, you happen to know a thing or two about that, and uh, we have yet... To tackle that topic on this podcast, so we are remedying that today with our open world episode, where we're going to be talking about uh, you know open world games and kind of what what they are, what they mean, uh, some of the more impactful ones, the memorable ones in years past, and uh, just uh, yeah, no holds barred. Uh, speaking of which let's talk about, not no holds part. We're not going to talk about that <laughs> wrong podcast, for that. <laughs> but, uh, we were going to talk about, uh, I do want to define what an open world game is for, uh, the uninitiated Ryan, what is your definition?
1: Oh, geez. See now yeah. I it's, it's funny. So my, my definition is, is a game where you have kind of per, a persistent game world that you, um, can can go to any part of at just about any time. Sometimes, there, sometimes this is still an open world game where they gate off certain areas of the open world. But to me, what's interesting is the ability to kind of go anywhere you want from the start, or at least you know start kind of your world gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's this huge persistent world. Um, they do it a lot in MMOs, but once mm-hmm. they start doing it, and kind of, I think. You know, um, games like the the Grand Theft Auto series yes. and and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, those are the kind of ones that start are interesting to me. Um, you can tackle things in any order you want. The thing that's interesting to me, I love the narrative of those worlds where there's a lot of thought put into, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily the A to B to C story, but kind of like the open the 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 world building of what you're living in and that sort of thing. Um, as for like a complete definition, like a textbook, I kind of, I'm always bad with that sort of thing, (laughs) but, but that's what I like about them. That's the, the kind of lived in experience of you're being dropped into someone's world as opposed to like, you know, just like a shooter level or this or something where you're Mm -hmm. just running through real quick. It's, you might go through the same area over and over and over again in an open world game and it may be different each time. Mm -hmm. Um, you might discover something new that you didn't discover the first time. Those are the things I like about them.
0: Yeah. Nicely said. Jay anything to add on to that before we move on?
2: I I would say yeah. I mean that that's very closely aligned to what what my uh definition would be for them too. Um I would even almost limit some games like I saw somebody was referring to games like Borderlands 2 as a as an open world game and hmm. to me it's like it, those are those are more areas connected together. Yeah. And yeah. even though they're large areas sure, but they're still individual gated off areas and that that kind of takes away from the open world aspect at least in my definition i i see it as some place where you can go from one place to another like you said at any time and you don't have to complete some sort of mission to get there unless it's like a tutorial area at the very beginning just Mm -hmm. to kind of teach you how to play the game um but beyond that once you're out of that tutorial area everything's open to you um, yeah, I like that. But yeah, that, that's that's about that's pretty close to mine.
0: I hear what you're saying. Uh, I, I struggled as I was uh, kind of compiling my list uh, of open world games because I'm realizing I admittedly have not played a ton of uh, what would be considered <laughs> open world games, but I have played a lot of uh, games that kind of what you described, Jay, where uh, we do have you know multiple sandboxes within uh, mm-hmm. within this game, mm-hmm. and each kind of world is its own little mini open world. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and. I feel like you can count part of that. Maybe we get we get half credit for that. Yeah,
1: there's, yeah. Uh, sometimes in our industry we talk about like there's a lot of uh, uh, you know talk about having elements of an of a certain game. Like mm-hmm. you play a lot of games that say, "Oh, this has uh, RPG elements because you mm-hmm. can like create a character mm-hmm. and play with their stats and all that stuff." And I think Borderlands and stuff like that have like open world elements right. where. Like yeah, you said, like, this is that. an open world, but you travel to another open world. But you look at that; there, you look at games like Knights of the Old Republic. Like that's kind of an open world if sure. you're looking mm-hmm. at it by that Borderlands definition. Yeah. There's just these like choke points that bring you to other parts of the world. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, like I said earlier, I worked on a game called Red Faction Guerrilla that was more more traditional. Like you can go anywhere. Now we gated people by like how difficult the enemies were in other areas. Yeah. But you could go, you were free to go there and die from minute one. <laughs> um, and the next game that came out after the sequel was Red Faction Armageddon, which didn't do that as much. There were hubs and there were specific levels you went out and did and came back. And I think it didn't do as well. A lo- mostly because of that. But at the time, I think people, you know, it, I will say that when we were working on that, when they're working on Red Faction Armageddon it felt like we they were kind of cheating the system because this will be easier to make it's easier to make those little worlds because you can handle loading times Mm -hmm, you can mm -hmm. handle you know you can put more stuff in there to destroy but at the same time like players didn't really like fall for that trick of like this is going to be easier for us to make yeah but we don't like it as much as the one where you can Mm -hmm. run wherever even if you're driving through a desert to
0: get from Mm -hmm. one place to the other (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean it depends on whether you're just talking about the you know the 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 online multiplayer version of a particular mm. game or the single you know the the, the the story mode, if you will, of the game. Uh, I'll, I'm going to jump right into uh, one of the bigger open world games. Uh, it's still a huge as of today, even though it came out several years ago. Uh, GTA Five, Grand Theft Auto Five. Mm. Uh, w- one of my favorites. Uh, love that game yes, it is open world, right? Because you can do whatever you want. You don't have to follow the storyline. Yet there is a definitive storyline that the Mm -hmm. game kind of wants you to play. Like there is a a beginning, middle, and end to that story. Mm -hmm. It's not just infinite uh, world. So I don't want to say that there's a correct way to play the game and then there's the open world aspect. But they're kind of uh, intertwined. Uh, and, and, and yeah. that's that's how I like my games I, I want yeah. there to be some sort of linearity to it I think I just invented that word um, <laughs> but I also want the option to uh, go off on a million side quests if I want to mm-hmm. and GTA 5 well, is great about that
1: I think the th- the cool thing about those games is not necessarily just the side quest, but just the f- like for lack of a better term fucking around like yes. The, yes. The, the games that, that like you know you have so much fun doing like Rewarding you maybe not with points or money or or achievements or whatever, but just with like nice feedback of like I'm going to try something silly and something silly is going to happen back. Oh yeah, um, like and and I working at Volition, they worked on the Saints Row series, which was yes. like mm-hmm. let's take let's take the goofiness of Grand Theft Auto and then exactly. make that part of the game. Um, have you guys played? Have you, have you guys played any of those?
2: Uh, yeah, I've, I've played uh, two, three. And part of got out of hell, but I haven't played. I mean, I've seen a lot of four, yeah, but I haven't actually yeah. played it yet.
1: I, I put, I worked a little bit on three before I left volition. Nice. Um, so do you play the, the insurance? There's a there's a game mode called insurance fraud, where the whole point mm-hmm. is they go run out in front of a car and hit these two buttons, and you just, uh, just ragdoll in oh, yeah. this stupidest way, and you get hit by a car, <laughs> and then you can kind of control your character as it's flying through the air to get hit by other cars and hit other things, <laughs> and you awesome. just start racking up points. And that came from a default mode they were doing to test ragdolling being hit by something. Yeah. And someone went, Why don't we make a game out of this? And that, that's, I mean, awesome. in, my, in my opinion, one of the funnest things in the game.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. You talk about fucking around uh, and discovering something, being rewarded for it. Um, mm-hmm. it GTA Five. there's still a, a moment that, that I always remember where um, you end up taking drugs, like dropping acid. I think, yes. I think, I think by accident. So like you, you think you're smoking a J, and it ends up being laced with LSD. Uh, right. And what happens. Uh, in the next five or six minutes, as he's tripping balls, uh, all the humans turn into aliens. You're now yes, I, yeah. in like this free for all. You're fighting. It's the the audio is uh, really trippy too, and it's kind of um, doing some kind of uh, blurred motion effects to kind of give you that drugged out feel. Uh, but I remember kind of slipping into that and and not being able to get out. I'm like, when is this going to end? You basically just kind of have to survive, much much like taking LSD in real life. You basically kind of just have to survive until the ride is over. Uh, but yeah, that was totally out of left field, had nothing to do with the main storyline, uh, and was one of those moments where, yes, I was. I guess you could say I was rewarded. Uh, I'll never forget that uh, that experience.
1: So I I hate to bring it back to to to, to Meisters, but I've got a really Please do. good story. So when we were working on Saints Row Three, we were playing Saints uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. It had just ah. come out, or, or no, 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 it was Grand Theft Auto Four. We were playing Grand Theft Auto Four. Yeah, that sounds right. Because um, they had a multi- checking out their multiplayer. Because we were in a room trying to figure out multiplayer for uh, um, Saints Row Three, and we're all playing this game. And we're playing, and and all of a sudden we get done with our game, and we beat the other team. But then when the a achievement popped up and that achievement was uh play and beat a rockstar dev so that means we have to the the rockstar team now volition especially the saint hero team used to be like we're better than gta but you know like we really have a lot of thought <laughs> sure. about it so as soon as we learned we were we were um playing rockstar guys it like went to like the the the, the um leaderboard uh-huh. And you could talk to each other. And we'd just been all in a room together, so we didn't have our headphones on. Nice. We all dive for our headphones and start screaming like, Volition rules, Rockstar sucks, <laughs> fuck, <rockstar." laughs> like the most like little kids about it. That's And awesome. he just seems like, they all go bloop 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 bloop, and they all just like bleed. This <laughs> is awesome.
2: We were just oh, that's all like, great! Yeah! We were so happy. That's
0: awesome. No, I I love these little uh, behind the scenes insights, man. No, this <laughs> mm-hmm. is uh, this is why you're here. I want to I want to get your perspective all
1: these, on all this. these goofy ass stories. That's that funny. To, that we're adults. <laughs> no,
0: no, but it, that's interesting to think that uh, you know developers obviously are playing each other's games. You see influences. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in games uh, that that come out, and you're like hey, I'm pretty sure they were inspired by that one part in that other game. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, it's the same thing with film or, or music or any, you know, mm-hmm. art. Uh, people feed off of each other. You get ideas. Um, and I, I think what our collective idea of what an open source game or an open world game is today um, mm-hmm. is, is all kind of been fed by, you know, we're all part of the Borg.
1: It's interesting because speaking of other of open world games, the shadows of, of- – Middle Earth games oh, yeah. just dropped that thing where they they have a they had a patent uh, go through yes. on their Nemesis system, which is going to be very interesting. It's something that I think a lot of people in my industry looked at as like, well, what you know, what a, as far as ideas go, what can and can't be copywritten and patented, and this, that, and the other. Because we do honestly play all all play everybody else's games, and we we speak in like code when of we course. talk like this is going to feel like this, and this is going to use this system from that, but we're going to spin it with this you know enough to make it our own and mm-hmm. blah 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 and it's been something we've always done and the fact that wb games went and patented something now it's like how is everybody else gonna do this like yeah. what qualifies for a patent what what it's specifically kind of, kind are they weird.
0: are they trying to patent do we know so it's the
1: nemesis system so this is one i was going to talk about because i really like these games um but have have you got either you guys played shadow of mm-hmm. war or shadow mordor the
2: the first one i played yeah the shadow yeah. Uh, war, mordor i think it is
1: Yes. So I highly suggest playing the second one. It takes a little while to get to a good spot in it to where you have, like, the right, you've gone through enough tutorials, you have the right amount of powers to do stuff because you can, like, bring orcs into your army. Mm-hmm. And then I just spend that whole, like, Tara, my wife, all the time, she's like, What are you doing today? I'm like, I'm going to kill some orcs. I was for, like, <laughs> I recently just replayed it and beat it again. But the Nemesis system is you fight, there's, like, regular grunt orcs, but then there's guys who, like, they're bosses and they're on a scale and you beat people in the army and then they, you get them into your army and they go infiltrate the other guy's army. And it's all this behind the scenes thing. And It's all, you know, uh, programmatically driven where like, even like, you know, it's, it's a certain type of work. It's, 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 they have like, they're like so-and-so the uh, bone smasher. And then they've got like mm-hmm. this armor that's got all these skulls on them and stuff. They've, patented that system which it's interesting because i'm wondering mm. what parts of the system are patented and what aren't because the idea of having procedurally generated names of orcs with different armor and this isn't yeah too that's not new
0: specific to yeah. them
1: yeah but them having this system where you put someone in the army and they fight each other and you can kind of like meet like they have duels but you meet up and like help your guy it's it's very hard to ex- hmm. explain all the the it's 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 very complex, but it's so much fun to just go around and kill orcs and bring them into your army. And some of it's my developer goggles seeing like some of the, you know, you can tell if I do this thing, it'll trigger this line. Uh, but maybe if you're just listening to the lines, it doesn't really make sense. Cause he's like, oh, I'm going to kill you and murder you. And then you're like, join my army. He's like, I've always loved you. Dark Lord. You know? <laughs> you know, like, Okay. Two seconds ago, <laughs> you were going to kill me, but it's just funny how much like it took me a long time until i started hearing lines over again i think Mm. there's some stuff i heard over and over again but i kept uh, before i ran into like the same orc twice in this in this army which you you play run through that game like you're you're just bringing them to your side and bring them to your side and bring them to your side it's the best way to play the game it's essentially your it's before lord of the rings your it's before that starts and your you've God, it this this is a horrible explanation of the story. (laughs) You're a dead ranger who's brought back to life by the soul of the elf that made all the rings. Oh, that
0: makes perfect sense. And like
1: he's he's mad at Sauron and he's trying to get the ring back from Sauron. But he makes his own ring, a new one that twists orcs to your side. Interesting. It's very, very weird, but um would you consider it an open world game, game, Jay? Because it does have that thing where you're going to different areas.
2: Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, it's, it's, I, I would consider it kind of like we, like we said, like kind of elements of that open mm-hmm, worldness. Because mm-hmm. the, the maps are pretty huge in, in a lot of places, but they're, they're not really like free roam, like you can go from place to place to place uh, without going through some sort of a gated area to get to them.
1: Yeah, I think they do they let, they open it up a little more in the sequel where they're just like, mm. here's your world, go mm. find this guy and you're like oh, that's go. Cool. Okay. And it they're smaller and there's more of those areas, but they do just kind of let you go. Mm. And that's yeah. that's what I really like about it. And that's what I really like about open world games is when they do say, you go and you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All, although having worked on some of them and watched my wife play them, it is kind of annoying in this house yeah. because it is like Who did this? Did you, like, she gets mad at a level. She's like, did you do this? I'm like, no, that was Drew. Drew did that one.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, I I feel you. I love, you know, open world. I love being able to, you know, just be plopped in this land and go explore. But there is a fine line between, like, you better make sure this world is interesting. You better make sure there's something Mm -hmm. every 20 yards uh, Mm -hmm. for me to do or stumble upon to keep me interested because I will not just forever plot. I'm not going to. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, it was a death stranding i'm not going to yeah. uh, walk literal miles between cities in real time to play your when, fucking open world game
1: whenever mm. i hear an advertisement for something like that where they're like you can walk miles that sounds horrible. like i think of that ryan reynolds gif that's like but why <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: that is not a game not, it's kind of lazy it seems like lazy designing and programming right uh, yeah.
1: I, it's it's here's the thing I don't think it is because in Ooh. order for for there to be anything in those miles of walking okay. like if they if it was if it was nothing they put a lot of artwork that's true. into that stuff and but again my question is why yeah no <laughs> like yeah. lazy that, is definitely great. not
0: the right term to use because yes, yes. There, there's a lot of artistry and beauty to be had uh but um laziness from a game design standpoint these are still ultimately Games and there has to be an object to the game or something enjoyable about it uh to to, to keep me playing.
1: Hey uh, man, I gotta work in this industry, and you're not gonna get me on record as saying Hideo Kojima is lazy. You that heard it here first. Happen. I'm gonna, no! gonna take that Put it, sound it, bite. Out that first <laughs> <laughs>
0: great, All right, great. well I I well, got us out of the game. Can't gate. work in Japan now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got us out of the gate with uh, GTA V. Of course, Ryan's been hawking his own shit. Jay, you said that that wouldn't uh, (laughs) (laughs) that didn't qualify uh, for open world game to you. So, uh, my question to you is, what game does qualify as an open world game to you?
2: Well, I kind of I'm going to start with a a weird one that it's not traditional Mm -hmm. as far as what you would expect from an open world game. Um, But Terraria, Mm. it's a. It's a side-scroller 2D pixel art, like 16-bit graphics. Um, it's very inspired by something like Minecraft, where you, you dig and find your resources and you build things up. But the world is completely um, uh, procedurally generated, mm. and it has you know the surface area where you're at, and you can go down basically to a hell area, and you can go to kind of a heaven or a spacey area. And it's all in the same map uh, that it's probably not an infinite map like Minecraft would be. Well, more or less infinite. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's huge. Like there's different biomes that you can go to deserts and, and oceans and, and uh, snowy mountains and things that you can get into that uh, all are comprised on this single map. And I don't know. It, it's, it's very player-driven as far as yeah. that there's not like a central overarching story. Mm-hmm. You're, you're basically, it's almost like a boss rush where <laughs> you are, are essentially collecting all your resources to prepare for a certain boss. You go fight that boss, and that opens up to where other bosses now are available to you that you can prepare and go and fight them too. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm looking it up now. I've, I'm familiar with it, but I uh, didn't realize that that's the kind of game it was. That's
2: intriguing, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty fun. It's a great multiplayer game too.
1: Yeah, I think when we were working on, I was at Bethesda, and we played some of that during lunch one time. Um, I feel like there's like a lot of those games that have kind of been coming out. The ones that are just like we're going to drop you in the middle of the world, and yeah. and just it, it like the only thing they really concern themselves with is crafting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. we played Ark. Survival is that what it's called mm. when you're in the dinosaur worlds and you can poop. Those are the two things <laughs> I've read. Thing. Yes, um, because someone recently, like, you can turn up like the you can you know get under the hood and play with things and certain knobs. And one of them was how often your character poops, and one turned it down to zero. So it's just bah, 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 bah. that's <laughs> all it is. It's just like a toot noise, and then like a turd <laughs> is behind you. And, and someone put it up on Twitter and was like, This is art. Games are art or something like that. <laughs> I was like amazing. Um the but uh, the other one I played recently is Valheim. Have you played that one? Uh, yes. Oh, you I've were been, you I've were talking to
0: the Valheim master like every for the last four <laughs> weeks we when we've got to that what are you playing section of the podcast, <laughs> Jay's just been constant with uh
2: Valheim. But uh, I guess it's it's
0: it's sucked you in, huh?
2: It has. It has, yeah. Um I, I love the 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 kind of Norse mythology mm-hmm. behind it, and just it's to me like I get I get kind of pissed off at the games like like you you talked about like Ark, um, and there was another one Rust uh, that was out oh, yeah, yeah. before that, um, because it seems like their their resources are so constricted to where you're constantly either starving or dehydrated mm. and you're going to die like every day. If you don't eat like a, you know, a ton of food or go and suck down an entire lake of water to, to keep yourself living. And it's Oregon trail. Valheim, all of a sudden. Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Valheim kind of strikes a nice balance because like your, your sustenance never lowers past a certain level. Um, it just starts out at a low level and it'll stay there unless you you know get into a fight or whatever. But you can eat something and it'll raise it up. So you just basically give yourself more hit points as long as you keep yourself fed. But you don't have to sit there and constantly be you know fire, you know finding food to keep yourself from starving to death. So it, it's definitely one of a I guess more of a casual survival experience. Hmm. You've been
0: playing a lot of that as well, Ryan.
1: I I checked it out. It's one boy. If we talk about, like, what are you playing lately? I haven't played anything in a while because since I'm in games, most of the day I get done, I'm like, let's watch a movie. Let's Let's not do video games. Mm. But I did for a little while. It was kind of my lunch game for a bit when I was uh, having a a little more free time at lunch. Um, And I, I liked it. I liked the Norse. It was one of those ones where I kind of played a little bit of it and went i I know what this is about right and i and i walked away and it's interesting because i normally like story better i also got the long dark which kind of does that but has more of a story to it and i did not like that nearly as much as valheim i think valheim did a good job of they have that crow that comes in and goes hey Mm -hmm. you need to go get wood like and he like walks you through everything and i like that because a lot of the games like Ark just go go yeah you know, I'm like that this is lazy this is lazy you know development I think I think the I, excuse me I don't want to say anyone's lazy but <laughs> well, <out. yeah. laughs> but, like uh, you know I think it's I don't think it's <laughs> I think it's more of just I don't think that's helpful for a player to expect to to to, yeah. to what's the word I'm looking for to basically like decide what they've come to the table with yeah. because i think some and some of those games have probably changed i think that was a shift especially with a lot of these games being like the early development games and they just put in big changes as you're right. playing them yeah i think a lot of them there was like a cultural shift of like okay we need to tell people what they want to do yeah there's another one i played recently that that was kind of a little survival thing i only replay them just a little bit at lunch but it was one where you crash in a plane and you it's it's basically like uh cast away the game what is it was it called you no subnautica. i've played subnautica i need to play that again
2: oh there's it's literally there's you start one. off the
1: game on a like uh re- well, inflatable wrap
2: yeah uh-huh. yeah i think they just gave that away on uh on playstation yes. now um crap what was that called i stranded it's, deep. it's, it's a that's yeah. it yeah stranded
1: yeah. deep. it's a blockbuster since it took so many of us to remember the <laughs> yeah, yeah. clearly but like Light and yeah i I, I'm normally I'm normally the guy when I play open world games, that I like for them to have a story so I can get bored of it and do whatever I want. But like Valheim, Val- I can see myself going back to that more than I would some
2: Yeah.
1: Um as for what I've I've got on my like what I've been playing lately, it's more of I have a huge queue on my PS four at the Moscow Elysium. Uh they they put out event what's it called? Horizon Event yep. Zero. That's not what it's called. What Horizon it? Zero, Zero Dawn. Done. This is how old I am. I went. I got all my stack of games so I could remember which ones. Oh, look Horizon at that. Zero Dawn. There you go. Um, they just
2: fantastic.
1: They released that for free, so I put that back on here, and then massive coming out this weekend. So I'm probably gonna pull So it's all games I've played before. <laughs> I'm just replaying.
0: Hey man, that's the sign of a good uh, open world game. One that you you enjoy Absolutely, the world yeah. so much, uh, you, yeah, don't, yeah. you don't you don't want to leave it. Uh, and on that note, uh, I'm going to move along. Yeah, exactly. we, we, can, we can go around the horn and kind of uh, bring up some, uh, some some games on our list. Uh, I'm going to get the, one of the obvious ones out of the way uh, before Jay gets to it. But uh, yeah, man, <laughs> Zelda Breath of the you Wild on my list. <laughs> is, uh, is a game that uh, you and I, I know we both put uh, hundreds of hours into that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, is kind of like perfect mix of it is open world. Ryan, to your point earlier, you can go off and fight the, the – the mm-hmm. final boss. Immediately, if you want to, you probably will lose. Uh, although I did just see a YouTube video of somebody doing that uh, <laughs> yeah. a few weeks back, so it can be done. Uh, mm-hmm. But mostly, it's just that's cool. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you kind of have to cheat it a little bit, and you have to know. Uh, uh, well, that
2: was that was a speed run, so he was definitely cheating to to get it as fast as possible. But it it could be done. Um, Legitimately, like, Yeah. And, you know, he, he was clipping through walls to, to like get into, into shrines earlier rather than talking to the old man to activate the right. tower, to get into the shrines. He would just kind of clip into them. Um, and I think he clipped in through uh, some of the castle so that he wouldn't have to deal with uh, some of the enemies that you fight in the castle that you would have to normally go through their rooms right. and fight them. He just clipped underneath the castle and went basically right to the, right to the boss room. Essentially.
0: But even getting out of the great plateau, like you're not supposed to be able to leave until you've got the hang glider. And I think there's a, right. kind of a like right. sheet mm-hmm. where you can climb down the wall.
2: Um, even though you don't have, it's the actually, stamina. yeah, it's actually, um, they, I think they thought about it. I don't know if they did it from the very beginning or if they patched it in later, but I, have seen people that took um, uh, when they got the, the stasis rune uh, where you can, you can, you know, launch things in the air and they would fly off of the off of the plateau uh, into Lake hillia, uh, and <laughs> he would land there, and he would be fine, but as soon as he touched the ground itself, like touched the land as he as he floated over to it, then it would uh like fade out and it would start him back at the at the top of the plateau uh, it kind of did that uh, kind of the lost woods thing where it kind of grayed out, and the the fog oh, came yes. in around you. Oh, I know that well. Uh yeah <laughs> so but
0: but having said that that's probably the the only bit of um and and that whole first section that great plateau is basically kind of a tutorial. Here's kind of a tutorial, the rules yeah. of the world you're in. Here's how you play right. it. Here are the things we're going to give you one by one because if they just threw all that shit on you uh as yeah. as some other games do it'd be a little overwhelming. So I think it was smart to do that. But once you get yeah. off that great plateau
1: well say what you want to say about uh uh Nintendo like, they do the same game or whatever, and they just released it. Like, they are very good at – like, they're the masters and have been since the beginning of, you know, here's here's one little piece of something, you know. So having you have that little area and, and giving you each little piece time mm-hmm. by time before they let you go into open world. Like, I remember when we heard Link was going to be an open world game, I, I thought – I was like, how's Nintendo going to handle the not letting a player player learn before they go? Because that's a huge struggle in, in, the, in designing – those games Mm, and i think they did such a great job i played this game by proxy um i started playing it my wife playing it at the same time and what i've learned since um you know having a switch and a ps4 is that if she's playing the ps4 i get to play the switch if she's playing the (laughs) switch i get to play the ps4 and so i played a little bit of it there was one mechanic in it that's frustrating i'll get to in a sec but mostly i watched her play the whole game i think she beat it um but it was very just interesting coming in, she'd be like, Do you just want to watch me play? I'm like, Yes, I want to see how you do this. I want to see how, how these things work. It's helpful for what I do. The one mechanic I really hated in that game was not when when you fight with a sword and it dies.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. Like it
1: run it it, it loses the sword breaks. I'm cool with that. I like the idea of a finite resource. That's a cool thing to do. The one thing I hated was it didn't automatically shove another sword in your
2: hand. Yes, yes,
0: yes. you have to. Re-equip so I had so many one. times
1: where I'm playing someone, and then I'm like, oh, and then it would stop combat, not just like but stop everything while I go figure out a new, a new sword. If you just then threw another one in my hand, I can maybe beat the guy and then move on to the next thing.
0: Yeah, I kind of get the reasoning behind that because uh, you you need to be able to choose which one is going to autofill. Like if it just I and and resource management is is kind of very important in that game and i don't want the game putting one of my best weapons uh in or or worse weapons right. in my hand uh yeah i don't i don't know what the balance is my, but i hear you
1: yeah maybe just putting like the worst thing in your hand yeah, right. it's you just go. so mad because then if you need the, a, a better thing you can you can pause it like for me it's you're making the player pause and do something i mean i guess the could you fight with your bare hands no or were you just like screaming yeah Yeah. you were just going like ah weren't you
2: yeah yeah i found that very frustrating
1: i need yeah i need to go back and and give it another shot um but like i said i felt like i got you know what i wanted to get out of that game just by watching her Mm -hmm. play it and i like the stuff there was like i did play something where it was like i went to a random place in the middle of the night and like pulled up a giant like thing came up oh yeah like like a bone monster. This is me mm-hmm. describing something I don't completely understand. I know you were like using the actual correct terms, Jay, of like the force <laughs> spear and I'm just like this, this, this. some bone monster when I pulled up or I'm like your grandfather playing a game. Like. <laughs> yes. um but uh I I that's another thing I really love about open world games when there's stuff where it's like on midnight if you do this, yes. if you if you you know see this, there was on Skyrim near the end we figured out if you equipped a invisible helmet to someone they would have no head so then yes, we the endless horse like it, yes that was one of my friends was like uh one of my co-workers was like oh i'm gonna put him on a horse and he just runs by <laughs> and so people would see him and he like and then they went okay where is he gonna go and then we found like an open grave and then that became like a story there That's and like awesome. there was this whole thing and it was just it's just you know fun it was an easter egg but it wasn't Mm -hmm. it was an easter egg that fit within the world and became this cool thing and like work on that stuff there's always somewhere someone's like how about if at midnight if you do something that does this and you have to be cool with like maybe no one will see this
0: Mm -hmm. yes but
1: maybe one does it'll get on youtube and then everyone will will do it yeah and that was the thing when i i mean i think i think i may after almost 10 years know everything that's in skyrim (laughs) but i swear to god i get stuff all the time where someone goes there's here's something that was in skyrim i'm like who did that And i get on like line i'm like who did this and someone's like oh i did that because of this like there's apparently if you get to level 80 there's a guy who shows up in ebony armor just to fight you and i remember someone talking about that i'm like for us ever anyone ever talking that's just something someone put in the game (laughs) yep
0: that's awesome Yep. Well, yeah, Breath of the Wild is full of those moments where, oh, if you do this at night yeah. or you're wearing this outfit, there's tons of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, some of it uh, just serves no purpose. Uh, there's a nice little tribute to uh, the late uh, president of Nintendo who passed yeah, away Jordan during, Wada. yeah, mm. Iwata who passed away during the development of that game. And uh, the programmers just kind of built a tribute. That's cool. There's this magical. It's not quite a unicorn. What is it? He's got like four it's eyes. Kind of- yeah, it's
2: kind of a um, – I guess it's kind of like a forest spirit. Like if, you, yeah. if you've ever seen like Princess Mononoke. Yes. Uh, it's kind of like a forest spirit oh, type yeah, thing that's yeah. almost a horse but almost not a horse. Yeah, it like
0: glows. It only comes out at night and, and the villagers yeah. around kind of talk about it uh, and the way they they talk about it. You can tell it's a, it's a tribute to him. Uh, in yeah. fact, one of the villagers yeah, – there's the the villager who tells you about it looks like
2: uh a yes yes that's the, that's and, the and I love the way that they do it too, because it's like it's it's not every night that he comes out, yeah, but if they're in the particular nights that he does come out, you'll see there's like a uh the mountain that he's on is uh i think it's satori mountain that's right and um that mountain has just like this pillar of light coming out of the top yes. Of it. And it's like, oh, crap, he's out. So you got, you got to try to rush over there to get yeah. to it. And, Before uh, the sun can, rises. Yeah. Yep, yep. And he's all, he's all surrounded by the little, the little um, the blooper bunnies. Yes. Oh, yeah, awesome. that's right. So good. so good. Yeah, you
0: should. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we can't talk about open world games without Breath of the Wild. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's yeah. one of the best ones out there. And, uh, yeah, you should do yourself a favor and go through it. And that is one of those games, not for this to be the the Breath of the Wild episode, but, um where uh there is plenty of stuff packed into that world where you know you can't go uh, 5 feet without without finding something to do or stumble upon mm-hmm. you know some sort of side quest uh and uh, mm-hmm. yeah it's I've I probably put more hours into that game than I have any other game uh in my well maybe not in my life but certainly consecutively uh I, I my wife and I got got into that game deep uh for a long time and uh yeah one of my one of my favorite open world games yeah it's it's
2: fantastic I've I'm I'm still like I haven't I haven't played it super recently, but it's still one of those ones that, that I will you know even just open up the the save that I have just to go back in there and, and go explore and see if there's anything new because I haven't gotten all of the Koroks yet, so I know I still gotta no, do that. That's that's a fool's yeah. errand, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> I also haven't done the the trial of the the sword yes. yet. That's one of the Same. one of the things that Same. I wanted I want to do eventually. But it's like, oh
0: god, <laughs> not nearly as rewarding as finding like all those 120 shrines. Uh, which, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a game in itself. Get the old the the traditional
2: now uh, the, uh, link armor. Yeah. From there. yeah. Now
1: that I've now since I've got two uh, gamers here as a developer, I need to ask you guys about things like, you know, like uh, another one I really like is the some of the new Assassin's Creed ones that I started playing. Mm. Uh, I, uh, do you guys feel about all you're saying? Like, oh, have you done the 120 this or the this or whatever? What, what's, what's a good like side quest, especially the ones that are like do 120 of these. What's a good example of something like that for you guys? Because I feel like a lot of gamers complain about that where there's like the go pick up 200 you know yeah. whoopee cushions or whatever i don't know <laughs> or just what you know do just random stuff like that so what are some examples of some like good little side questy stuff that you guys have done before
2: mm, my think... wife
1: is now cutting in so she can get play skyrim on the switch She's <laughs> <in here laughs> yeah do so it on
2: the nice nice um she
1: just beat the main quest for the first time so she wants to brag uh, about that real quick anyway, nice. no, i
2: still have <laughs> a main quest on skyrim either I haven't actually. Been Nobody video. has. I was gonna say,
0: do people do that? Nobody does that. Right?
2: Yeah, my my problem with Skyrim is I, you know, guys, I played on PC, so I've always had access to mods, and so oh, I will geez. mod the crap out of it, and and play those for, you know, up to you know, twenty, thirty levels or something, and it's like, okay, I want to try out some different mods, and so I'll dump mm-hmm. the whole you start list over, and start new ones, and start over a new character. So yeah, I've never. I mean, I've seen the ending, of course, but I've I've never actually gone to beat him myself. And um, I just got Skyrim uh, VR, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna Uh, I'm gonna actually play through and actually beat this game uh, and do it in VR because that that that's kind of a the scale of the game in VR. It's just incredible. Mm -hmm. I bet. Uh, But going back to your your question on on uh, side quests, I like the ones that feel like they have some sort of an impact in the game. Like the ones that are just, you know, go collect this and bring them back to me. Those can be good. If you can see what, what that's actually affecting. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if you're Mm -hmm. collecting a, a bunch of flowers for somebody or whatever, and you bring them back. And then you later on find out that that person created some sort of like a tonic or a, or a healings, Sav or yeah. whatever for somebody to to help them out in mm-hmm. the in the village or whatever that kind of stuff i'm okay with for the fetch quest but um there's so many times and, it, and mmos are really bad about it oh yeah where it's just like go collect this <laughs> and bring it back to me and you're just like okay why yeah <laughs> yeah so what's the end game yeah yeah
0: to, to, not, not Again, for, not to uh, for this to be Breath of the Wild, but uh, speaking of Breath of the Wild, uh, the one that comes to mind for me, uh, Ryan, is um, Town. There's a side quest mm-hmm. where you basically build uh, a small little town. Uh, yeah. And it starts off with, uh, you've got a couple of guys who are working on your house, and if you bring them some wood and some money, uh, they'll start building on uh, additions to your house. And then it extends to, well, we're building this other town. Go collect. And it's always like... Is, is, the boring part of it is chopping down all this wood and bringing it back to these guys. Um, but the clever part of it mm-hmm. is, uh, th- they do a, a cool thing with the, with the, the naming scheme where it's like the only people who can live in this new town, their last name has to end with S O N. Uh, yeah. and so as you're going around the, the open world, when you come across somebody oh, who's, whose la whose name ends in S O N Carlson or whatever, um, you're like, hey, I I I know what I can do with this person, and you kind of have to recruit them to build this town, uh, and so it's one of those things where you kind of know what you're 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 doing, but you're being rewarded along the way. They don't make you wait until the town is built. Every time you right. go back to the town and you've brought another yeah. person to live there, uh, another shop has opened up. The music has changed. Uh, like yes. there's always these little things where you feel like um, it's it's a never ending quest, even though it does have a a a finite ending. Uh, yeah. but yeah, that's that's one that really jumped out for me.
2: Yeah, that's one of my favorite I, I, things about that is the, how the music changes yeah. with that. Each each new person you add, it it lends their cause it, it it's each one of the races, the you know, the Gerudo and the, mm-hmm. the Zora and the the Rito and the um
0: Gorons. I forget. There you go.
2: Yeah. And uh each of their I, cities has its I own little shake my head top. no
1: matter what he says. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Floopies sure.
1: and the Clark yeah. Flops <laughs> And the you're like the Wookiees and the Gremlins and the Mogwai, it's whatever. <laughs> like, sure. Sure.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so they're, you know, each of their cities has its own theme song. And when you start Terrytown, it's got like a very subdued mm-hmm. uh, sound to it. And as you start recruiting people to it, it adds a little bit of their theme song in with that. Uh, in with that sound so it all becomes this whole yeah. uh, like symphony of of a song at the end of it yeah it's fantastic
0: there now now that is the last that can be said about breath of the wild <laughs> we can finally move no, on absolutely to another
1: not. listen if you want to keep talking about that i'm fine like i said i'm uh, you we've... guys are like this the end of the end of this podcast is and now ryan's gonna go play breath of the Wild. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh,
0: if one thing comes out of this podcast i would i would die yes. happy knowing that that's it. But, I'm uh, at least
1: going to talk to my wife and be like, did you build the town? Do you remember this town <laughs> like, that, that, where you had to go find people? It's, I'm, just, it, I'm curious.
0: It's easy to miss. Like you, it is, you just, yeah. You, you kind of have to activate that side quest in a very specific way. So mm. I, I, I would be surprised if she stumbled upon it. I only yeah. uh, found it because I Googled it. So there you go. Yeah. All right, Ryan, <laughs> we've talked enough. Uh, what about you? What do you have on your list of uh, favorite open world games?
1: Oh man! Like I said, I've got a stack here because yeah. I'm I'm into physical media. Um, but this is one that I haven't played. This is probably one of my favorite ones. Ooh. That's I think very underrated. It's called wow. The Saboteur, and it was by a company called EA. Called EA, you guys know what EA is. Sorry, it's a <laughs> co- by a studio called Pandemic. Ah, yes. <laughs> I am like, have you guys heard of EA? The most like patronizing <laughs> question on a video game podcast. Good lord, um, not familiar. But so The Saboteur. <laughs> Uh, Pandemic did, so they did I think they did one of the battlefronts like the old battlefronts mm. I think they did those They did the that. Merc series exactly. which was another really good open world games that I like like Mercs 2 was a really good open world game um, The Saboteur is a game that takes place in 1940s uh, Nazi occupied France and mm. you're an Irish demolitionist <laughs> who is working with the French underground and you basically you can go so there's like a story that, that, that they're following, but what they do is there's a bunch of Nazi bases you go to that are made up of, of different components, like a sniper tower or a howitzer gun or a barracks that, like, if the alarm goes off, then, then all, any barracks that are there will start, Nazis oh, will start shit. coming out at you. So each, each building you blow up, you set explosives to and blow up, works in conjunction with another building in interesting ways. Like I said, that you can blow up the alarm and then it's harder for them to like you can sneak in more easily. They do the they they do this awesome Indiana Jones thing where you can beat up a Nazi and then like hold Y to and it like he looks around and he bends down and then it fades to black and it comes back and he's just wearing their outfit. Nice. And then like if you walk slowly like They won't notice you, but if like they get too close, so they're like, hey, and then they, it oh, sets off the alarm. Cool. But if you've blown up the alarm, like it doesn't do as much. So anyway, I found that really cool as a game designer, the kind of modular design yeah. to use these pieces to make different things you can do. Mm-hmm. But the really cool thing about it is it's a black and white game. But oh. as you destroy Nazi bases, it brings color back oh, to that area of the cool. map. And it was right near the end of pandemic when I think this came out. Um, I, and its I don't think they've ever re-released it for more or like put it out digitally for more modern systems. I had it for Xbox 360. Um, man, I really liked it. It was it was just a lot of fun. And I really liked, like I said, the modular design of every time you learn something new, you figured out how it fit in with your ability to to take down a Nazi base. And I don't think it gets enough love. I don't think it's the best game. I have a real soft spot in my heart for uh, uh, things that aren't perfect, but I think they're perfect. It's why Tremors is my favorite movie. But uh, (laughs) I, (laughs) but like, uh, funny thing, I put a Tremors reference in Fallout 4. Anyway, uh, I, 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 we'll get to that a little bit. Yeah. I think if they ever release, I think Pandemic, because it was shuttered like pandemic and Bioware were like bought at the same time by EA and then pandemic got shuttered pretty quick. And I think that's what people thought was going to happen to Bioware. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's hard to find some of pandemics games like Mercs or, uh, or this game anywhere no. digitally because someone's probably weirdly holding on to the rights. I don't, I haven't tested this theory. It's been a while since I've looked for it. I'm probably I'm, right after I finish playing breath of the wild, I'm going to look <laughs> for this game again, see if it's it's digitally available anywhere um but yeah i i love the saboteur i i i've taken it from your looks that neither of you have played no. this game never, i've never no, heard of no. it but i'm intrigued i it's, love that it's based yeah. on like this this guy's name is like sean devlin but he was based on a real person in world war ii who was like a race car driver because there's racing games in it ah. so he was like a race car driver who also worked for the the french resistance i'm looking That's it up now cool. so anyway yeah. i just i thought it was cool i really liked it check out Isn't some videos it? on it nice um i i haven't looked at it in a while to see if it holds up there was also like some very um grand theft Autoy stuff like i think he worked out of a brothel so you go back <laughs> to your base and like turn everything in and there's all these women running with their shirts off being like hey sean and i was like oh god
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I'm like, I think I told my wife, this is one of my favorite games. And she walks in, I'm playing it. She's like, what is this? I'm like, no, yeah. never mind.
0: I see why now. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Yeah, I'm Googling that one. Saboteur. Got it up here. Good call. Jay, what about you, yeah, man? Next- What's next on your list? Uh,
2: next on my list? Uh, well, I guess kind of uh, ripping off of the, the racing theme from this last one here um. Um, is uh, The Crew 2. Well, I guess the crew or the crew too. Mm. Uh, it's a Ubisoft They're It's an open world um, racing game essentially. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you can, if you can think of taking the, the driving parts of like uh grand theft auto or whatever, and just making an entire game out of that, that's basically what it is. And you're, you, You can do street races. You can do... uh, The Crew 2 actually added in um, aerial, like, flight stuff. So you can do air racing. You can do boat racing. Uh, It's got off-road stuff like um, 4 by 4s and uh, going hill climbing and mudding and all kinds of crap that you can do in the game. And it's one of those things where you can drive and and i've done this from one end of the coast because it takes place it's a it's a smaller version of the united states map but it's still all of the united states and you can drive from one end to the other with no how long does that (laughs) in real time it shit you not in there's there's a race that goes from new york to san francisco and you're driving uh they're they're called hypercars in the game so you're driving like lamborghinis and stuff uh, like that at yeah. like 200 miles an hour and it still takes almost 40 minutes to get from one side to the other <laughs> wow. going that fast yeah, it's the cannonball yeah, it's, run. That's, exactly, that's, exactly.
1: That's always been an interesting thing for me with like games. Is everyone, especially in open world, it's always like this game is four times bigger than the last one. I'm like, oh, that sucks for the developers because <laughs> <No>. like, they <laughs> got to fill that with content. Mm-hmm. Do you in this game? Like, are there cops? Like, are there are there Smokies chasing you down the highway? Or what? There,
2: there are in in certain uh, in certain areas. Like, you can do certain events that uh you can have like cops chasing you or you can uh they actually added it in recently where you can be the cops and Ooh. um you can go chase down things and they actually do it it's kind of neat because they do it kind of like a like you're on a film set and so you're you're filming like an action movie and uh the first uh month of it that they did was you were basically you were playing the security guards for this bank or whatever and people went and robbed the bank so you have to go and take them out um so you would you would get
1: that's a cool idea God,
2: what was it to start with um i think they started out with like a charger and then as you as you gained your ranks in that and got into the later episodes that you were doing then mm-hmm. you would eventually got into like your hypercar lamborghini cop car that you would that you would be able to go in and you were chasing down other hyper cars with that and, and it's it's Great because they they have weather systems in it that uh, oh. actually affect the way that the way that the Driving. cars handle on the yeah, roads. Yeah. Yes, Expect nothing less. Yes, wow. Yeah. Uh, and to be able to do that on that that scale is it kind of blows my mind because it's not it's not like because you're seeing rain here, you can fast travel in this game. You don't have to drive everywhere, but it's you know you would you would think okay, well the easy thing would be just make it where it's raining and then if somebody fast travels to another place it's going to be raining there too because that's part of the code where it's you know it's programmed now to rain yeah but each area actually does have its own like weather patterns that you can you can uh you can experience different weather at different times of the day based on which area you're in um and you know of course it has the day night system so you can you can drive and watch the sunset as you're driving or you nice. can drive out to uh drive out to like the grand canyon or whatever and sit on the rim of the grand canyon to watch the sunset Jesus. or the sunrise and it's like it's it, just crazy the stuff that you can that you can do and then, of course they got their photo mode thing so you can get out yes and, i was just gonna yeah. say
0: you can't make a game like that without having a photo mode. Yeah, right now, did, did right. they do a one for one of the grand canyon or it's got to be just like it's yeah it, right? it's
2: yeah yeah i mean it, it's very it is very it? compressed you can you can jump it um i don't know if you can make it all the way across uh i haven't tried that yet but oh, what I they want to see they, like, have the slow-mo done... of
1: just you going and then like it zooms out and you realize oh i'm nowhere close <laughs> like a tenth of the way
2: yes 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 but they they did uh, make it to where you can quick change. And you you can pick three different of your favorite vehicles yeah. uh, from each category. So you got your your land, your air, and your water uh, vehicle. And so you can quick change at any time. So you can jump like something like that, and then quick change to the plane and continue flying on <laughs> awesome. without ever having to land and, and do. Oh, all that's or awesome! You can, <laughs> yeah, it's like being or a transformer way up in the air with the plane and then yeah, quick or, change to a car or a boat and bomb down <laughs> it's great it's great um, um,
1: you know like listening to that just now has made me realize that they really the fast and the furious franchise is really like ripe for an open world game open, because oh, i dude, feel like yes. so many so many weird things could happen from you just like because you've got the people who are into it for all the really good racing but you got the people who me who like it where it's like then I get in a tank and I'm chasing down yes. a plane.
0: Yes. Like <laughs> yeah. You know, why I is would, that I not? I would
2: love something like that. I can't
0: believe we don't have that already, but you're right. That's that's ripe. Mm-hmm. I do like uh I, I say... think anybody
1: who does movie things now are it's just mobile. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, sadly. Like true. that's a, a yeah. lot of like full triple A. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would say probably the closest thing to like a fast and the furious would be either either a need for speed yeah. um, or like a grand theft auto and just just basically the driving parts of grand theft auto yeah yeah some of my Do favorite parts
0: burnout yes mm-hmm. i just bought yes. a, Were you like yes. crash stuff i bought burnout paradise it mm-hmm. was on sale for like eight dollars a couple of weeks ago and i was like, yeah I had, it was the re- oh, was And burnout such...
1: paradise is open world right yes,
0: it, it absolutely is, is. It is. Yeah. yeah yeah good call Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another one. I, I love when um, g- games kind of try to do uh, a one, almost a one for one, or at least you know like they're basing you know, the Grand Theft Autos. Uh, all of their cities are always kind of like based on real cities, even though they're fictional yeah. cities in their games. Uh, but every mm-hmm. now and then you get a game like L.A. Noir uh, that is really trying to, and that one's great because it's recreating the city. But as it was in the ones that take place in the 40s or something, 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And another one that comes to mind that's on my list, um, well, and this is a little one where we get a little fudgy here with the open world because this definitely has a linear story. This definitely has a beginning, a middle, and the end, and uh, a way that it wants you to go, a progression. Uh, but uh, flying around as Spider Man in that uh, 2018 Damn. game for the PS4. Oh where you're in New oh, my York man. City in my
2: pile. There it
0: is. Ah, ah, yes. ah. Now is that in your to play it's pile? It's a smaller op-
1: No, I've played
0: it. Okay, I played good, this good.
1: and I played the the Miles Morales one. I just fin- that was probably the last game I finished. Hmm. Um and that's that's one thing I think, you know, open world doesn't have to mean huge. Like right, the right, Spider-Man open right. world is small and there's enough stuff to do like I think Spider-Man Two is going to be amazing because this is Insomniac. I think it's their first shot in an open-world game, and they did so many things right in it. Um, I'm totally taking your time, Joe. I'm sorry, but I just got to talk about my favorite thing in the whole thing was when you're webbing, and their their audio designers made it so soon as you start webbing, the song's like da 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 da, and it's it mm, like yes. super heroic. And then when you land and start walking, it like goes away, and you just hear like beep beep, hey Spider-Man. Like I was, I was. Just so into that That was my favorite part. I would try and be like, "Here I go! I'm going to the other side of the city." It's so exciting. Now I'm just walking Spider-Man. Hey, and you can like high-five. Yes, people. that's great. Fun. I love that game so much. Yeah, it's
0: good, and and it's the first one that's really kind of captured that feeling of, of what you always wanted to do with Spider-Man, right? Right, you swing mm-hmm. around the city, and that's fucking New York City, man. I, I don't know that it's a one for one, uh, but they did a pretty damn close job of uh of yeah. hitting the highlights um you know there's probably some some alleyways that are that are missing here and there
2: Yeah I was playing uh I think it was the no it wasn't Myles Morales it was the, the the first one the first one mm-hmm. um over at Joe's and I, I forget where I was but I I landed at some place and Joe's like I used to go to that shop it's <laughs> like a sandwich <laughs> shop it's like That's awesome Holy crap yeah <laughs>
0: I love that, but yeah, there's enough stuff peppered around that game—a uh, little side quest, but uh, it never, it never lets you diverge too far from uh, from the, the main storyline, which I think is fine. Mm-hmm. But just knowing that yeah. I can,
2: uh, yes, gives it that that open world feel for me. Yeah, All and right. just having the freedom to, to pretty much to pretty much go wherever you want to, mm-hmm. whenever you want to, mm-hmm. uh, even even following a right. story, it still kind of goes in that definition.
1: And you always feel like like Spider-Man like like mm, I know right. at one point they they promised you'll never actually kill someone and then that kind of went out the window and guys are flying off roofs and you're just kind of like yeah. don't worry about that guy <laughs> but <laughs> but like I I just like like you're saying about the web uh swinging yeah. they did a good job of like I didn't feel like I, you know, I felt like I screwed up web slinging a lot, but I never felt like it was detrimental to my plane. It never made me want to go, yeah. this game is stupid. It just made me go, whoop, whoop, which is kind of how Spider-Man feels. Like, he just flies, flings his body around yeah. and, like, catches onto a web and then swings around. And you eventually get kind of where you wanted to go. Oh, but yeah.
0: it, you it, should it, be, I don't know. I loved it. You should be dead so many times over from, like, smacking into sides oh. of buildings and just the momentum that you're going. Yeah, it, 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 it can't be realistic. But you're right. It wouldn't be fun if it were. Uh, it lets you kind of yeah. bounce off. And, Absolutely, and recover. that's
1: something I always say. That's something I always say when we're playing. There's a when we're working on games. There's a lot of people go, "Well, that's not how it works in real life." And I'm like, "If real life were as fun as games, we'd be out of a job." Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. Don't worry about that.
0: Obviously yeah. said. Uh, all right, I forgot who we left off with. Uh, I was talking Spider-Man, but uh, yeah, that's that's on my list. Uh, I guess Ryan, we're on to you next. Because what you got next on your Ryan, list, but, Yeah.
1: Well. It's funny cuz I think Spider-Man was going to be one I talked about. Oh, sorry to um, steal that from you. That's fine. I so now I think we'll, we'll pro- I'm going to smash up Skyrim and Fallout 4 just because those are ones that like probably my favorite mm-hmm. games I've worked on. Um and working at Bethesda was a lot of fun. Uh I left, you know, because I wanted to kind of because honestly one of the reasons I left is it's impossible to buy a house out in DC uh, at that salary. Mm-hmm. And like, I, we loved Austin. So he came here, but I really enjoyed working there. I think they got a really good sense of, of play, not only for the uh, uh, people who are playing the game, but like as, as designers, there's a lot of like, Hey, I want to do this. And they're like, well go do it. And then we'll let you know if we don't like it, we'll cut it. But <laughs> you know, like show us along the way. And there's a lot of, like I was talking about the, the headless horseman and you, you just kind of get an idea and you throw it in there um i actually uh in a fallout 4 dlc put a reference to are either of you guys wrestling fans or is that just joe uh
2: i watch it i'm not as i'm not i'm definitely not as much into it as joe but i I do watch it occasionally yeah
1: do you know the wyatt family
2: no Uh, i know the i know like (laughs) the name bray wyatt yeah. yeah yeah
1: so i put a reference to them in the uh in a dlc and it got back on Twitter. And then one of the, I made a one of the refs of WWE who has since become a really good friend of mine, uh, like contacted me and got me in contact with Bray Wyatt. And I oh, got wow. uh, uh, tickets, like it's to T uh, tables, ladders and chairs, 2016. Nice. And it was amazing. And I've had, you know, awesome. every time they come through, I don't get, I don't get front row tickets anymore. Bray and I will talk like, I'll send them something like, Hey man, good match. But like, Me and the the, uh, ref, this guy Jason, uh, he and I have become good friends. And he'll every once in a while throw me, you know, like, hey, we got some tickets, you know. They're not not front row, but they're great. And he let me get in a ring one time, and that was a lot of fun. So that was one of the greatest things that ever came from fall. It has nothing to do with being with with (laughs) open world games, but it made me – it it was just my – My wrestling fandom was just starting, and this kind of kicked it off.
0: That's awesome. And
1: now I'm trying to find out if I can put someone from uh, the other wrestling company out there now, AEW, into a game, so maybe I can get free tickets. (laughs) So both (laughs) of them. But no, but that it's it was it was really cool. I've put references. I put a reference to my friend's dog who had passed um, in Skyrim, and it was funny because this is my friend who like rides a motorcycle and like grew up like like. Uh, breeding snakes and listens to like some, some system of a down. He's yeah. like a super like hard guy. And he calls me he's like, I love that dog so much. Oh. He, like, put him in the game. Like he's like oh. getting kind of teary. You know, <laughs> know oh. oh. it's
0: him. interesting to hear. <laughs> I'm sure will appreciate hearing that. You laughing at his sorrow. <laughs> uh, but it, it
1: it's oh, a- he, yeah, that's the kind of relationship he has. He was a groomsman at my wedding, so we're cool. Oh, there you go. Yeah, all right.
0: Uh, but it's surprising to hear you uh, tell these stories and to find out just how much freedom they give you as individual developers mm-hmm. as part of these larger teams. Do you find that? Uh,
1: is- it, it's pretty unique to Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a little bit more in the company I'm at. Um I will be honest, and I won't talk too much about this, but one of the reasons I left the EA machine is because they're very structured in what they want. Yeah, Um, mm -hmm.
0: I would think so. And,
1: like, there's not a whole lot of... There's certain people, so, like, at BioWare, if you're a writer, you can put stuff in, or if you have, like... Some people were like, ooh, we just... And I'm like, how did you do that? There's so many... Bits and pieces to the cog, whereas at Bethesda, and I don't know that it's like this anymore because in the four years since I've been there, they've really taken off. You know, now they just got bought by Microsoft, so they may mm, have to yeah. be under a little more scrutiny now. Um, but uh, I you know, I think there's still, I think giving developers that sort of freedom is what it, it shines through in the games. I mean, yeah, it's funny, I didn't work on Fallout 76, I played some of it, and every once in a while I'd run into something, go like mm, and I text a friend, I'm like steve did this didn't, didn't he? he's like yeah and i'm like yeah it has steve's fingerprints all over it. like i know you know what people have done that's awesome which is funny because i actually found out i was an npc i was a, an entry in a prison log <laughs> in fallout 76 it was oh, like nice. it was like prisoners and one of them was like ryan jenkins that's uh, awesome you're f- skipping town or something like that because uh. i wrote if you go into fallout 7 if you go into fallout 4 um nuka world there's a there's a dungeon or a, an area point of interest called the uh weston shovel museum i think is what it's called <laughs> okay and it was it was based off of just like terrible roadside museums like in you know americana and i wrote my goodbye letter to the rest of the level design team on there and they took out a lot of it because it was like individually like sure you know like J- yeah blah 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 but if you go in there and you look a on a on a on a uh computer it says like i am leaving the the shovel muse uh, uh, in here i have been uh called out to the mop museum in austin and they (laughs) want to hire me there you know or something (laughs) like that and was just like thank you so much for this blah 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 and there's like little touches in there that like to some people i'm sure they read it and they go i don't know what that is Mm, you know and and it's a fine line of of putting in those type of things inside baseball like i think if they're inside baseball they just look like part of an open world it's the one people put in that are like hey my name's fluke skywalker right. and blah. and it's like all right what you're doing yeah i say that as someone who put a put a wampa cave in you did that uh yeah where you're hanging upside down it's actually yes. it was there was one yeah. in morrowin but i put that in it's one of mine i did the oh, cheers bar goodness, in <laughs> in fallout
2: 4 oh <laughs> my god yes <laughs> that's awesome I remember seeing that, that like, and being like, when they this said in- looks like the Cheers bar. That's
0: amazing. <laughs>
1: it's it, it was really funny when I was building it. So I'm like putting in the pieces and the walls and stuff. And all of a sudden, I, I get to this wall and then this wall and this wall. I go, what does this fourth wall look like? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> we There's don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had to kind of like make up what that looked like. But then it sucked because people would come in and that's what they see the when they come thing, in. Because yeah. that's, as a, yeah. Yeah. And people are like, "What? Well, I don't get it. It Doesn't look like Cheers." I'm like, "Stand here," and they're like, "Oh,
0: <laughs>
2: that's awesome. Oh, that's incredible." Yeah, are,
0: what were we talking about? I don't even remember. I could listen to you tell stories about mm-hmm. uh, developing Absolutely. all day, yeah,
2: man. Well, I was
1: just kind of talking. That—that uh, that was my thing. Is you want me? I was saying Skyrim and Fallout Four. Are good oh, yeah. things. I use this as a time to tell dumb stories. The stories <laughs> that my wife has heard nine hundred times is just like, "Yes, we know you made Skyrim." <laughs>
0: no, I love it, man. And I'm There's sure a
1: reference to her in Fallout Four. Oh yeah! Well, yeah. You better look. If you're fucking making
0: uh, Wampa caves, you got to give your wife a shout out before you're sleeping on the couch. Exactly. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. All right, Jay. uh, Look, keep the train running. We're uh, nearing the end here. Uh, I only have one more game on my list. Uh, What do you got, buddy? All
2: right. um, Well, I'll I'll go with The Witcher Three. Then there you go. Um, Somebody had to do it. yeah, 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I I started with the Witcher series like real late. Like I I think Witcher three was coming out and it was still like a year or two out. out. And so I was like, you know what? I'm, I really want to get this game. I'm really excited for it, but I've never played the other one. So I'm going to go ahead and go back and and play the, play the first one. And Oh my God, the first one it's janky as all hell. Oh yeah. But it really (laughs) sucked me in as far as the, as far as the story and the lore of the world and everything, it really sucked me in. Um, And so coming into the Witcher three, you know, one and two, not open world at all. And three goes full on open world. And oh my God, the, the, the combat is smooth. It's so refined from the first two games and they still manage to keep you on track you know when you when you need to go in and do the story bits mm-hmm. of it but you can still get out and do all the other stuff you know whenever you want to um there, there's these little um it's on the, one of the islands that that, that you get into a uh, uh, Island there's this cave and there are these trolls in the cave and they're actually voiced by a couple of YouTubers <laughs> um that yeah. do a lot of like gaming commentary and stuff oh no and Alliance. I remember getting to this cave and hearing those voices and going, that sounds like Jesse and Dodger. And I go and find <laughs> out that they actually did the voices wow. for it. And they literally
0: fed the trolls, the developers of game. They fed that the game. trolls.
2: Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, so just the, the the sheer size of the game, and it doesn't, at least to me, it doesn't ever feel like anything is just there to be there. Yeah. Like even the side quests are just masterfully written. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. They
2: they all have weight to them. Uh they feel like the decisions that you make in them are important, you know. It it's just it's incredible. Incredible to me.
1: That's one of the ones I just had a friend uh be like she was trying to get it done before Mass Effect came out
2: mm-hmm. today.
1: And, like, today she's like, I finished it. I finally finished it. I had to give up side quests and just, like, yes. barrel through. And then she was, like, mad about it. She's like, I was just so, like, determined to do it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. She was like, I'm mad. I'm not even enjoying it. I just needed to get this done. <laughs> just, just, um, I have never finished it, but, like, I kind of got to that point near the end where I was like, who okay. Uh, yeah. But I do like that one quest, and it's it's going to sound awful to anybody who hasn't played the game, but the one where it's, like, the ghost of his of the Baron's stillborn kid. Yes. Oh yeah,
2: yes. Like uh, I think such... it's the Red Baron quest.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one's so good because, like you said, like I think the story. Can you guys hear my dog snoring? Is that what that was? Mm-hmm. I thought oh, it was wow. a motorcycle driving <laughs> by. Hey, come on, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, th- that one was just so good because it, it, it there's like a tenderness to your decisions. Like what's been done has been done, but you also can like put that child to rest because mm-hmm. he like, didn't he was like you know bury it and blah blah and he was you know you, you deal with the red baron's emotions you kind of can either be like oh let's just kill it and be done with it i also really like the like uh supernatural sherlock holmes aspect of it, yes. mm. it was, where it's like it's it's not quite like the show supernatural where it's like redneck but it is very like <laughs> like blue collar taking care of like the people taking care of these aren't like you know witchers aren't knights in like right. big shiny armor they're they're kind of looked down on mm-hmm. by by mm-hmm. nobles and stuff like that and they're just like and but they're still out there in the dirt and the muck like oh, i gotta kill this griffin you know it's just thought really cool aspect of it
2: yes yeah the 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 whole the lore behind the game I and i'm i'm Real excited about the you know uh, Netflix doing the series on it. Yeah, um, it, you know well, they're they're pulling the more. Oh, oh, it's good. They're pulling more from the the books themselves than from the games. But you can definitely tell they're influenced by the games, just the way that some of the stuff is designed um, in in the show. But the 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 lore of how the monsters came to be in this world and how, yeah. You know, the human world intertwined with like the elves and uh, I think there's dwarves. Yeah. There's dwarves in there. what am I saying? (laughs) Um, uh, You know how all that stuff kind of came together. You know, it was just, it was like this essentially worlds colliding, you know, Mm -hmm. like universes uh, colliding into each other. They call it the conjunction of the spheres. And this happened, you know, like two or three hundred years ago. And that brought in magic to the world that was never there before. And then it also Mm -hmm. brought monsters because it like opened this rift that uh, that they all flowed through. I've seen Pacific Rim. I know how it works. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) So, yeah,
2: the 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 witchers were were basically bred uh, using magic to to fight the the monsters. Mm And, you know, when they when they first got started, they were highly praised and you know everybody everybody wanted the uh the witchers to help but now that humans have gotten so strong with magic and stuff now too now that's now the witchers are kind of like you said like looked down upon like uh i don't want to say they're the uh minority i mean they are obviously minorities but they're They're they kind of have that feeling yes that that low class exactly Exactly.
1: It's like non comedic Ghostbusters. It's like kind of like a <laughs> real blue mm-hmm. collar job that no one wants to do.
0: Uh,
2: yeah. Not yeah. nearly as
0: cool, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, and, and, and this kind of like lore, like how much, like, I, I think some of that is so, you know, I don't, know the lore and I can't name all the specific characters and stuff from the witcher, but like you get that feeling that does such a good job of like letting that stuff kind of rise to the surface where I go, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, these guys are kind of looked down upon and the aristocracy doesn't like it. these guys are at war. Like I don't, I- I'm. There are certain things that my brain. I remember every single name of everything, like Star Wars stuff. I can always remember, mm-hmm. but like this, this one doesn't really stick to me. But at the same time, like the story and the mood and the mm-hmm. the general kind of lived in feeling of the world yeah. and the like fact that everyone's you know everyone's you know it's dirty and it's bloody and it's this and it's that. It's you know those are the things that shine through through even if I'm not reading every tree code- because yeah. I'm not. Like, I got I, when I worked at BioWare, I feel like I got made fun of for not ro- reading all the codex stuff. Like, you'd say that around a writer, and they'd be like, What? <laughs> what this, did this, you say? I'm like, this, No, this. nothing, nothing. Never mind.
0: <laughs> Everything's so fucking precious with copywriters, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's funny.
2: It's like the, um, the books in Skyrim or, well, in all the Elder Scrolls games, there's just, there are novels worth of yeah. writing in these games. And yeah. well, some of it yeah. is genuinely good. Well, but yeah, you have got
1: like, oh, novel writers who are basically this is how they get there. This is how they get some of their creativity yeah, creative out. out. Like if you can't, yeah. you know, if if you can't, it's it's easier to write a story than it is to create a quest. So if you've got mm. kind of an idea that wouldn't necessarily make a good quest, sometimes it'll go into a story. And that's also like they let the level designers who aren't doing a lot of the a lot of the writing, like hollow tapes and notes and diary mm. entries, and sometimes full b- book is sometimes like if you go out and you do this stuff um, if you go out and you do it and you bring it back it's fine you know it's something you can do at your laptop at home and just copy and paste the stuff yeah. into the, the yeah. our little program that makes the the, uh, the books and everything and That's you got awesome. a book so it's an easy way you know it's it's an easy way to make the designers feel like they're getting a lot of their creativity out there but it's, it, it's very low impact to the game but it also like people sit down and they read them there's mm-hmm. a a youtube video i saw where someone's like read every book in skyrim and like they kind of talked about it and it was just funny because i was like oh i'm so sorry why would you do that don't do that because some <laughs> notes are just like literally like the key is in the chest yep. like it's things like we All had right. to do to get like points across
2: <laughs> man there's I- a there's a mod that came out um a few years back called audiobooks of skyrim and it's actual like oh, voice no. actors that have gone in and and read the books, and then including you can, the lusty Argonian maid, just walking around, <laughs> including the lusty Argonian maid. Yes, <laughs> um, but like you can you can be going on a quest, you know, just riding your horse along the along the road or whatever and pop open a book and it'll, it'll play that's, the audio kind of while you're going through. It. So it's like, I love it. I love yeah.
0: it. Chapter it's one. It's like a Skyrim podcast. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a great idea. I'd be afraid uh, as a copywriter though, to uh, give up my IP. Like, you know, you, you can never go off and publish a real book that you've written because it's now been included in this game There's- that somebody else owns.
1: So, I mean, one, it's like you're typically using lore that's there, and you're stretching out stories and stuff mm, like true. that. True. At least that's in, in Skyrim. I'll, you know, something about people going off and kind of doing some of their own projects is something we do a lot in the industry. Uh, my company right now is pretty loose with it, and I know my uh, – you know, I kind of want to plug his book. Go look up a book by Bruce Nesmith called – I think it's just called Loki something, and he got Hell to write man. his own book that just came out. Yeah. Well, he worked at TSR for a long time and did like Mm -hmm. a bunch of that stuff, but he worked with there, but but they've started, I think they've started at Bethesda kind of letting people do their own side projects a little more, which I think is good and healthy and makes for good employees. Yeah. Um, Yes. And like, you know you can be real stubborn with that stuff and i agree maybe not letting them you know work on another triple a game in their spare time or whatever is one thing but letting them you know do a do a book is one way to to to, to give them a creative outlet
0: yeah yeah like yeah that. so
1: look up bruce nesmith something on amazon that's my plug for bruce who will never listen to this <laughs> <laughs>
0: cut that part out jeff cut that part no no i'm looking him up right now yeah yeah exactly amazon very nice
1: I was going to say, he also worked on like the, it's like dragon Lance. It's like the worst board game that TSR ever put out. And it's got a video component to it that he tells a whole story about him having to do that. Yeah. Dragon <laughs> strike, um, dragon strike. That's it. Uh, if we're about to wrap up, Joel would, could I tell one last Skyrim story, which is like the funniest thing that happened? Please, me
2: that please do. Yes, please do. Yes.
1: So, uh, if you haven't played much of Skyrim, I think most people have played the interminable opening sequence, uh, where you're on the cart and you're going into I forgot the name of the town, but then the dragon Helgen. appears and all that. Yeah, and it's yes, Helgen, and so the guy uh, in front of you goes and gets their head cut off. Then yep. if you play the game now, it falls into a bucket. Originally, we mm-hmm. what happened was uh, we were playing it and we're all working on it, and they'd say, "Hey, everyone, go in and play the yeah. uh, the opening," and he'd go lay down, and his head got cut off, and then it rolled off screen, and then the scene would continue, and then like looking at the camera this happened on my screen and i called everyone over cuz it was happening so slowly you could watch it staring right into me comes this guy's head Whoosh. down at the bottom of the screen just moving so slowly and <laughs> rolling across the screen as like everyone else is like asking, you know the rest of the scene is playing out and i'm Dying, laughing. I was like, "What are you laughing?" I'm like, "Come over here!" And it's happening so slowly. People like run up and look, <laughs> dying. We're like, "So that's why there's uh, a, a trough or something that <laughs> the guy's head falls into. That's smart. So it doesn't roll around through the scene." Oh, I laughed
0: god.
2: <laughs> so hard. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I love that. The, the, those details. games,
2: yeah. The, those games like that. The the bugs that you get are sometimes whether they're intentional <laughs> or not they're so perfect.
0: <laughs> well speaking of buggy games, uh I'm surprised nobody has mentioned um uh Cyberpunk on here yet.
2: Oh yeah, I had it I had it on my list, but uh I have not yeah. played it as part of it. So I don't know I haven't if it's an open it, yeah.
1: world game or I I, yeah. I started
0: yeah. playing it uh before the 1.1 patch, I believe, uh and ran into a few bugs and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to hold off. I'm just going to wait yeah. until uh this yeah. game yeah, is yeah, yeah. actually ready to play." Uh, any any insights into that, Ryan, as a, as a developer?
1: Uh, I don't have any personal insights into it. I will tell you that uh, you know this is me getting up on a soapbox uh, yes, a little bit. Uh, um, I just it was hard for me to really get behind that game after a lot of the talks came out of how they treated their employees mm. and the long hours and the death march crunch, especially after they told everyone they wouldn't do it. And they told the people and crunch is something that is a very hard subject in our industry because it's mm. like you work in a creative industry and the way some get that creativity out is by working like pouring themselves to their work. Sure. Yeah. I'm not to God. I hope my employer doesn't listen to this very anytime soon, but like my creativity is typically like in the eight hour workday or I'll put in a few extra hours every right. once in a while. But like I'm also you know at this point I've been in it for like 13 14 years so I'm like hey kid calm down don't be don't be so excited I sound like Han Solo to the Luke Skywalker <laughs> showing <that> up <laughs> like this is great um yeah so but I you know just if you're a, a gamer be nicer to game developers because we go through a yes. lot of crap the 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 yes. CD Projekt Red people was it was it, it released pretty terribly but a lot of that. You know, is based on schedules they were being put on and and like unreasonable work. Is you know, don't go online and and give someone give some 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 middling level designer had nothing to do with whatever of course you hated. Yeah,
0: it's all the uh, the the higher ups.
1: Believe me,
2: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's all the higher ups getting their golden parachutes. It's a
1: lot of it's it's a lot of that.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I always said that, that, that it it felt like that game came out. Uh, rushed like they were they were trying to hit a target date and even though they pushed it back from that date it was still it still seemed like they were they were trying to get it out for those holiday sales and they didn't of want course. to wait well you know six more months to to polish and give their yeah. developers you know time to really get the game going the way that they wanted it to be
1: one of the problems with that was uh they they pushed it back and it came out with the ps5 and the ps4 mm-hmm. and like Xbox one versions were not playing well. And then they were like, well, there's there, it's an next gen game. No, it's not.
2: Yeah. yeah. Game. It
1: was meant to come out initially like months earlier before that system was out. So that was just yeah. them trying, you know, like, yeah, ah, that, that bummed me out so much that they would try and yeah. use that lie. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Ugh. And it, it's really, it's really sad too. Cause it, I mean, it is CD project who, you know, they did the Witcher mm-hmm. and they're so, Loved for The Witcher, um and they they were kind of seen. And this happens; it seems to happen a lot with with some developers. Certain ones they were kind of seen as like these saviors of of gaming developments because they, mm-hmm. even though they're a huge company, they still, at least at the time of The Witcher, they still had that kind of independent mindset because mm-hmm. you know they do their own self publishing. Um, and so to come into do cyberpunk. And, and and do it the way that they did it and it seems more like a like you would expect from like an ea or whatever where yeah. it's like really come on yeah, you yeah. Know? why 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 would you fall into that you know the almighty but, dollar that's why Jay. yes yes yeah. exactly uh, after,
0: or what, whatever currency they use in sweden green. Mm. yeah, yeah. where the fuck they're based out of poland yeah. where's the fish, uh, fish heads i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> seashells that's right yeah all right. Uh, so apologies yeah, to, our, to the sweetest listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> all right that was our uh well kind of an open world uh episode although uh mostly behind the scenes of a video game mm. no no I, I i love it man i love Isn't it, it? I it's love it, rare yeah. that we have uh, a guest of your ilk on here ryan who can kind of pull back the curtain and uh, tell some fascinating My stories ilk. come on and uh next time i play uh fallout 4 i'm gonna be uh, next I, if, when i need to get a beer i'm gonna go find the cheers uh, mm-hmm. sit mm-hmm. down see if i can <laughs> id that No, really cool. Hey, before we uh, wrap this up, any honorable mentions of open world games? I just have one here that uh, was probably on somebody else's list, but uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, obviously, uh, always gets on top 10 lists. Love that game. Uh, Love the fact that uh, I love a good open world game where no two people's experiences are the same. Uh, and that seems to be the case mm-hmm. from the people I've talked to uh, who played it. Like, their experience is different from mine. Uh, and, and that, you know, that's that's the very definition uh, of an open-world game for me. Yeah. Any yeah. honorable mentions to you guys?
1: Yes. I've got two I want to do real quick. One is the first game I worked on, which is called Red Faction Guerrilla. Um, I say it partly because I know they've just released a remastered version. Remastered, um, it's basically a game yeah. where you... <laughs> Yes, you run around and you uh, with a sledgehammer and you take down buildings. I'm very, very proud of this game. It didn't do super well when it came out. I think because of advert marketing wasn't great, but it's it's one of the games I'm proudest of having worked on, and it's available uh, on PS PS5 too. I don't know. I have a PS5 yet. Um, And then another one that's kind of a smaller open world game. And it's one of those open worlds that has multiple maps. But in each map, they just let you go out and do whatever you want. And it's State of Decay and State of Decay 2. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, Oh, yes.
1: They're little zombie games where you're, like, building Mm -hmm. little bases and going out and doing stuff. And there's, there's a story there and there's story missions. But mostly it's kind of procedurally generated, like... And, and activities and i really like that game i play it a lot and i you know always i i want to stress like for developers out there like an open world game doesn't have to be huge if you it's sure it, it, you know they don't have to be huge and i think they're they're fun sometimes when they're a little more focused so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when i get to play ones like that i like to let people know so nice. they do well
2: yeah and i think, think the they're list. work
1: there's rumors they're working on a third one yeah oh
2: wow excellent Love it. Yeah, tag. I was I was kind of done with like zombie games for a while and and Joe mentioned that he was playing State of Decay uh two specifically and found out that it was cross play between PC and Xbox. Mm. So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, all right, so. I'll give it I'll give it a shot. And man, it you're right. It's just having those little freedom to go and do anything. Kind of in that world, but you know, still having the base that you can build up, and you can recruit new people to come to your base, and they, you can give them certain jobs so they can go out and collect materials and things like that and bring them back to you. And it's, I love it. It's just a great little, uh, almost like a little, uh, a little uh, sim game. Yeah. To yeah, yeah. 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 Jay, any honorable mentions on your list? Um, yeah, going, uh, going on another one that was that got a lot of hate, and we've talked about this one before, but uh, <laughs> No Man's Sky oh yeah um i I played the
1: boring version
2: yeah yeah Uh, it got so much hate from from people and like it got hate because they were they wanted to delay it and and take more time to to get it where they wanted to go so people were sending them death threats for that and then (laughs) they released it and people were like this is not the game that you told us it was going to be and they what do you want? You know, (laughs) they either need to work on it and finish it, or they need to release it the way that it is. Um, But they, they have, they have stuck with the game and they have given it a lot of love. And over the last, you know, five years or so that it's been out, they've added so much to the game and they've, they've made it uh, the game that they had promised. It was going to be from the very beginning. uh, And, and then some, Um, and they're, they just added, uh, something recently that was um, goes more into into the story like you had little little bits from the beginning where you would you would find like these little obelisks and things on the planets and you would get like you know you've learned the the corvax word for whatever um, and the more of those you found eventually you would kind of start piecing together little bits of the of the lore and the story behind it. But now they've actually um, Jay. I'm just impressed. Uh, you've remembered every
1: more. alien name and my <laughs> right? name that you've said <laughs> on here. It's very impressive. So He's got a Wikipedia screen I, up. I
2: have this. Yeah, I have like this weird little sponge, you know, in my yeah. head that that picks up on things like that, and it just holds on to it like a right. claw grip. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. No, yeah, that's but good yeah, one. The, yeah, just just having that that freedom of the of not only being able to explore the planets, but being able to get out in in space. Uh, You know, I I love flight games like that. Mm -hmm. And this kind of incorporates a little bit of everything. You you, you got, you got your first person shooter, you got your uh, exploration on land, you got your exploration in space, you've got crafting. uh, If you want to do that, Uh, you can build a base. Now you can uh, go underwater and find shit under there. new life. That's that they've added into that recently they've done a whole like uh expansion on the oceans and things that you can find in these in these places. So yeah, it, it's it's come a long way wow. in the in the 5 years. That sounds daunting to me actually. <laughs> it it is. It is at first, for sure. It is very daunting because there's just so much that you can do. But they they've um that was another thing that they've that they've kind of fixed is they now have like this onboarding uh where it kind of your suit kind of directs you saying okay we need to go collect this Uh, so that we can build this okay now you can collect this so that you can now upgrade this thing to build this thing and now you've you know you got your ship repaired and now you can take off into you know into space and go to another planet and so it kind of leads you along the way uh to get you familiarized with it smart smart yeah add that one to the Mm -hmm. list
0: the Final Frontier, some people call it. Space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, it's the ultimate open world uh, game. So what better what better fitting way to, to wrap up this episode? Listeners, uh, if there's an open world game that we did not talk about, you're screaming at your podcast, uh, go to our Facebook page. Sound off. Add it there. You can interact with us there or on Twitter. Tweet us. At uh, what is it? At 16 Bit Gladiators. And if you can't remember that, like uh, sometimes I can't, uh, just go to 16bitgladiators.com. You'll find everything there. We've got handy little links to subscribe to our podcast, either via Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts. Uh, all that and more on 16bitgladiators.com. All right, Ryan Jenkins, wow, uh, in the running for uh, best guest host of the year. I know we don't do that Most on this podcast, but we may have to bring back that award just so we can <laughs> hand it out next year. Uh, thank you for, for, so much for carving out time, giving us your insight, a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, fascinating stuff, man, and uh, and talking about some open world games. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it's such a huge, huge category of gaming nowadays. That mm. Yeah, thank you guys. It deserves its own episode, yeah.
1: Thank you guys yeah. for having me. Uh, I know, I oh, hope yeah, this you. delay isn't getting too too bad, but I don't think it would be an open world game discussion if there wasn't one glaring glitch in the
0: discussion. <laughs> little, that-
2: <laughs> little bugs here and there, yes.
0: <laughs> uh, so meta. You're so right. Well, thanks again for being on, and uh, we look forward to having you back uh, for a future Absolutely, episode yes. where we will talk about Disney video games. It will happen. Awesome. Uh, maybe we can get your, get your wife uh, to be on that as well. I have a little... Uh, yes, awesome. she is more Fantastic. of the expert than I am. She yeah? has
1: pay, played way more of them than I have.
0: All right. We'll do a crossover episode. Sounds good. And again, th- yes, Jay gun thank you, as always, uh, for, for bringing it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. and Love uh, thank, it every time. Thank you, the listener, for listening to our, our lovely little podcast. Uh, and tune in next week, where we're going to be... Uh, oh, we're going to be... We, we got so much feedback on our video game music episode that we did a couple of months back. That uh, we knew we couldn't cram all of the best video game tracks into one episode, uh, so we didn't even try. We knew at the time we were going to have to have a volume two, uh, and that's what we're going to have next week on our podcast Video Game Music Volume Two, where will be uh, myself and Jay and a couple of special guests. We've got Mark Zamora joining us again, and uh, special guest Luke Hawkins will be uh, in the studio, the proverbial studio, uh, playing some of our favorite video game tracks. Uh, and sometimes remixes. So stay tuned uh, for that episode coming up next week. All right, uh, we will see you next week on another episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators. Bye, guys. Bye. That's it, man. Game over,
1: man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.